When I was 13 years old, I had surgery on my big toe to remove an ingrown toenail. Ouch. Not fun. The next year, I had the same surgery again on both of my big toes. <sighs> Lots of pain. Uh, and so as a result now of these multiple surgeries, uh, my big toes look kind of weird, okay? Like the nails kind of weird. Well, here, let me just show you. No. Uh, okay, maybe, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe, after, maybe after the service. I've also been told throughout my life that I have hobbit feet. If you guys are familiar with The Lord of the Rings, the movies, the books, um, what is it about hobbit feet? Can you guys, you guys can say it. They are hairy, yeah. They're hairy feet. What, what a, who would say that to me, you know? What type of person would say that? So, they don't make clothes inside. Yeah, yeah. But they're kind of, it's good for like warmth in the winter, at least, you know, <laughs> hobbit feet. So, so anyway, um, okay, so weird looking toes, post-surgery, hobbit feet. You know, my, my aspiring career of being a foot model was, it was derailed very early on, you know. And yet, amazingly, God tells me that my feet are beautiful. Did you guys catch that from our, from our reading just a little bit ago, just a few minutes ago? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? Wow, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? Now, this, this does not mean that only people with beautiful feet need apply to share, I mean, you know, case in point, right? Just take my word for it. I'm not going to really show you my feet. But what he's saying is, you know, when someone brings you a message of good news that changes your whole life, you know, you start to think of them, you know, as beautiful. Even their feet, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So whenever you see them coming then, from then on, you're like, oh, those feet are so beautiful because they, they changed my life. They brought me the message of Jesus. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, I want you to think about the person in your life whose feet are beautiful to you. This is the person who, who led you to Jesus, who shared the love of Jesus with you, who taught you how to follow Jesus. I want you to think about that person, that beautiful-footed person in your life. You know, how did it happen? Maybe it's from as early as you can remember, you know? That's how it was for me. I joke, like, I never had a chance not to follow Jesus, right? Because my parents just, from the earliest time I can remember, were discipling me to follow Jesus. For some of us, that might be the case. Some of us, it might be a little bit later on in life. Maybe it wasn't that, that long ago that someone led you to Jesus, and you, st and you remember very vividly the beautiful feet that they have. I want you to think a little bit more about, about this person, Okay? Or people, you know, it's, as long as it takes, you know, it's hardly ever just one person. It's multiple people that lead you to Jesus over time. Did they seem like a qualified expert as they were leading you to Jesus? Did they seem like they had not a bit of fear, but only supreme confidence in what they were saying and doing? 
Did they seem like they had every, they could respond to any question you could possibly ask them with just the perfect answer? Okay, it might have seemed like that to you guys, especially if you were younger, um, but they were probably fooling you a little bit if that's what you think. Because I, I want to tell you a little bit about maybe what was going through their minds, what they were thinking to themselves when God appointed them for the task of leading you to his son Jesus, okay? Now this is hopefully gonna, it's gonna sound a little bit familiar because we just read this a few minutes ago. This, this is one part of what they were thinking when God said, Here, here's what I'm calling you to do. They probably said, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord, or woman. You know, just that, that feeling of being unworthy, okay? This is what Peter's talking about in Luke chapter 5. Jesus is calling the first disciples, and Peter is astonished, you know, after not catching fish all night long, and then he's astonished at the haul of fish that they bring in. Jesus just tells him, oh, just go look over there. And then he's immediately, he's like, Jesus, you've got to get away from me. You know, you're, you're calling the wrong person to go be a fisher for people, I'm a sinful person, I'm not worthy, I'm not gonna be good at this. Jesus, you're good at a lot of things, but recruiting people uh, maybe isn't one of them. I've just gotta tell you, I think you've got the wrong person. I can pretty much guarantee that there's kind of like a feeling of being overwhelmed or inadequate or just, they're just not playing good enough, not the right person. But you know, there was other things going on in their minds as well, in their hearts, and these other things won the day, right? Because they eventually, they did step out probably of their comfort zone and lead you to Jesus. One of those things is, was a love for Jesus. One of those things is a love and a care for you. But another thing was probably these words of Paul here in Romans 10. You know, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? You know, there's, there's an urgency here in these words. And, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? So that realization and that, that love for Jesus and love for other people who don't know Jesus yet, then they're like, oh yeah, it, it might be me. I might be the one that God is calling specifically to minister to this particular person. The only reason that the church exists is to make disciples. You know, that's kind of like an oversimplification, but I think if you had to say, what's the one reason that the church exists? Well, it is. It's got to be to make disciples. It's what it's all about. You know, we are here today because somebody or multiple somebodies invested into us and helped us to follow Jesus. They shared the good news of Jesus with us, and here we are. And now, because we're a part of this Christian community, we also have the same calling to go and make disciples. That's what it means to be part of a church. You know, we are, we are constantly being formed as disciples, and we have this call to go and make more disciples. And so today, we're going to talk about the fourth G, okay? We've been talking about these, this process of how Jesus is going to make disciples here, specifically at St. Paul. There's four words. I'll begin with the G. I should have quizzed you, but I'm going to be easy on you today. So we've been talking about gathering and growing and giving. And now, the fourth one, going. Going. Everything has ultimately been leading up to this point. 
The gathering and the growing and the giving is preparing us to go. He sends us out now. And what does it look like? Well, here's a little snippet of an explanation. We as disciples of Jesus at St. Paul go throughout our everyday lives to make more disciples who will follow Jesus. Sounds simple enough, right? Just go. Wherever God's placed you, just go. Now, I, I said last week that at some point, you know, we look around at our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and, and we praise God that he has brought us all together. He has led us to follow Jesus here together in this place. But then in the next breath, it's also perfectly legitimate for us to say, you know what though? There aren't enough people here. There are more out there who don't know Jesus yet. And I gotta say, you know, most churches are, are saying that same thing. Most churches are looking around saying, yeah, there, there's not enough people here. There's a lot of people out there that don't know Jesus yet. Maybe we should go get them. You know, anecdotally, this checks out. And statistically, it also is true. Uh, I looked up some, some statistics from another lifetime ago, back in 2019, and I, I found out, you know, these statistics about uh, North American churches and how they are doing with this disciple-making process. So here, here's some, just a, a few numbers for you here today. So in North American churches, 80% of churches are subtracting. That's the, I don't think that's the smartest strategy, you know, myself. It's a bold move. No, no it's, it's not the strategy. It's just it's happening, right? Churches are, are shrinking. They're not bringing in new people. They're, they're losing numbers. That's 80%, four out of five. 16% of churches are adding. That sounds pretty good, but we'll talk more about what that means exactly. And then 4% are multiplying. You guys are probably thinking, yeah, that's the one that we want, right? Oh, that's the lowest number, though. But we want, we would like our churches to be multiplying. And we'll talk about what that means as well. There's a big difference, though, between the addition and the multiplication. We're not even going to talk about the subtracting ones, but addition and multiplication. I want to give a distinction there. So addition happens when a church says, uh, please come. And this, this usually isn't like in the mission statement or something like, you know, please come to our church. But it's kind of like the way that we are really you know, behaving in, in actuality. So a lot of times churches that are adding people, they think it's kind of good enough to just like have a sign out front and just say, you know, like, hey, Everybody in the community, we're going to be here at this time and, and at this time and this other day. And, you know, we might kind of tell you about what's going on here every once in a while. But, but more or less, it just kind of we're relying upon people to wander in. And fewer people are just are saying now, like, huh, what should we do this weekend? Oh, you know what? Why don't we go to church for the first time? Well, that sounds like fun. Like, I just doesn't really happen very, I mean, it does happen sometimes, but, but not very often. So this addition model is not really a sustainable thing because it brings people in, but then the goal is really not to keep forming people to then get sent out and make more disciples. It's just kind of like, okay, once you're in, just stay in and we just wait for more people to come. And this is really, um, if we're being honest with ourselves, this is kind of the model that St. Paul has been following uh, in recent years at least. That's all, all I can speak of is recent years. 
please come. It's not really sustainable, nor is it the model of discipleship that Jesus is telling us to do. Now, we hear that great commission of Jesus, right, to go and make disciples and baptize and teach, and sometimes we think, well, I'm not really suited for that. That's not where my gifts are found. That command is for other people. And so we, instead of then, <laughs> instead of saying, you know, here I am, Lord, send me, send me, we say, oh, that applies to other people. So we're, we're like pointing to other people, you know, like, there they are, Lord, you know, send them. Send them. Again, not me, just to reiterate, but send, send them. I think they, they are going to be better at it uh, than me. And if everyone is doing that, then, you know, no one, no one is saying, here I am. We're just kind of, ah, somebody else will probably do it. Back to Peter in Luke chapter 5. You know, he says, I'm not worthy and I'm a sinner. Yeah, Peter, both are true. <laughs> we, could, we could say the same thing. They would both be true. And yet Jesus says, okay, <laughs> still, <laughs> I'm going to make you into fishers of men. You know, you're going to be catching people. I'm sending you out. Well, what other excuses you got? What, what can I, you know, knock away? Jesus goes with us. He says to Peter, you know, don't be afraid. You, how many of you feel like you're just naturally good at making disciples? Yeah? I don't see any hands. I mean, how many of us are really, like, naturally good at anything? You know, it's, the list is pretty, I mean, we have to, we have to learn, right? And there's like, experiences that we have, and we, and we get better at things. Probably none of us are feeling like, oh, yeah, just, like, naturally, I'm really great at this thing. Uh, but the thing is, anybody can do it, actually. Anybody can do it. Because the, the most important experience that you need to have, most important training that you need to have, is just that you're a follower of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a disciple of his, you are qualified to go and make disciples. You see how he's just taking our excuses away? You are qualified. Now, multiplication is a lot different than, than just addition. You know, the please come. This is the, this is the please go. So the church says, please go, you know, to its own people. Get out of here. Not, not in a rude way, but like in an urgent way, right? We've got a mission. There's people out there who don't know Jesus yet. We've got to get out there and tell them about Jesus. That's the go. There is urgency. Go now. Because people are going through life they're going through the pains and the sufferings and the difficulties and the sorrows of this life without Jesus. And for some of us, it's like we can't even comprehend what that would be like. Others of us maybe who have gone through at least part of our lives without Jesus, we're like, oh, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. People are living and they are dying without knowing Jesus as their Savior. And I think for some reason, uh, we are able to, I think it's, it's the work of Satan, right, that we're able to kind of ignore this phenomenon that's going on. We're able to just kind of like, oh yeah, I know that at some level. I'm going to like put it like over here in this part of my brain and just not focus on it. But there is a great urgency. And Jesus is preparing you. Yeah, he's preparing each one of you, actually 
to go and share the good news. He's preparing each one of you to be a beautiful-footed person in the life of someone else. He's preparing you. And sometimes, you know, one way to describe that preparation process that Jesus is doing in us is to call it discipleship. Discipleship. You guys, probably by now you realize that I think discipleship is important um, now after this many weeks, right? But this, this is why we're, we're seeking, you know, how Jesus is leading us to have our discipleship process here at St. Paul be like the, the core of everything that we do. I mean, it's for our sake, but it's also for the sake of those who don't know Jesus yet. Because discipleship is different than outreach or evangelism. Okay, outreach and evangelism is kind of like these words we use to describe, like the going process, getting out and telling people about Jesus, loving them. Discipleship, hang with me here for a minute. Discipleship is only for Christians, okay? Discipleship is only for Christians. Because if you're a disciple, you're already following Jesus. You believe in him. So the discipleship process, the, the gathering, the growing, the giving, it is forming us over and over and over so that we can then go. So discipleship creates people who then go out and do outreach and evangelism. And so then, you know, we're being disciple. We go out, we bring in new disciples. They gather and they grow and they give so then they can go out. This is a, Jesus is a genius, right? This model of making disciples that he said, I mean, I, we, none of us could ever think of this, but Jesus has thought of it. It's a beautiful process and it involves all of us. And this is the multiplication process because if we're bringing new people in and then we're, we're, you know, we're discipling them and then they're going out, there's just going to be so many more disciple makers out there and churches would just, would just boom. And you can be a part of it. Yeah, I know you're, some of you are trying to like duck behind it. You know, yeah, you, you, each one of you. With Jesus' help. My dream is that all of us here at St. Paul, every single one of us, would truly know and believe that, that we are called and capable to go out in the name of Jesus and make disciples. Wherever he's placed us, just in our everyday lives, that we would know and believe that we are called and capable to be about his work. My dream is, you know, we've been talking about these last few weeks, this hypothetical person who's going to come in off the street and say, I want to see Jesus. Where, how can I see him at St. Paul? My dream is that we don't wait for that person to wander in, but that we go out so they don't have to wander around life a second longer. We're going to go out and find them rather than just sitting inside here and waiting for them to come. Jesus is the reason that we go. Jesus is the reason that we go. That we go on, out on our feet and make disciples. Because Jesus came, right? Jesus came and walked around on his feet from town to town, place to place, and called people to himself and preached the good news of the gospel. That he loved them, that, that he came to live and die and rise again. Jesus walked on his feet to the cross 
and died. And then Jesus on Easter Sunday morning walked out on his scarred feet out of the tomb. Jesus is the reason that we go. And we go so that one day there will be a whole lot more people also alongside of us, a whole lot more disciples than there are right now that will also, when Jesus returns, we can all fall down together and worship Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We can fall down and at, at his feet, at the scarred, beautiful feet of Jesus. That's why we go. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this calling that you give to us. Sometimes we don't feel worthy. We don't feel up to the task. We feel afraid. Help us to trust that Jesus is with us in this process. Give us a heart to love and care for those who don't know Jesus yet. Help us to go, trusting that Jesus goes with us, and help us to, to be those beautiful-footed people in the lives of others. We thank you for those that you've sent us with the beautiful feet to bring us to Jesus. Help us to fill that role in someone else's life, too. Give us, as individuals and as a church, a heart for evangelism. Help us to go. In your name. Amen.